Today we are talking about Invincible. James, you did this to us. You mm-hmm. told us about the comic because you read it, a comic book that is over and was written by Robert Kirkman, the same man who wrote and adapted The Walking Dead. And Invincible is now a comic of the past, ended in 2018, becoming a live-action movie executive produced by uh, Seth Rogen, uh, who is in the animated series as Alan the Alien. And the animated series just finished its first season, and all three of us, Chad, myself, and you have watched it. So you're the one, I think, who probably came into this with the highest expectations because you read the entire comic book. What were your general vibes about the show? Uh, I thought it was probably one of the best adaptations of a source material comic book maybe ever. And also probably one of the better animes of recent times. Because it is an (laughs) anime. Look at the way the characters are drawn. Listen to their expressions as they fight. ah, Right? It's an anime. And, uh... It's it's really great, and they don't adapt it one-to-one, right? It was something we talked about in a previous app, like a lot of things are totally different. Mark's girlfriend, uh, Amber, I want to say, she is completely show original, and they've made it really clear that this is like an alternate timeline or whatever, and everything they changed was for the better. This whole big reveal, and I guess what we're talking about the whole season one. So it's, it's, yes, spoilers, everyone, spoilers. The whole big reveal with, with his dad in the comics was very quick and it's kind of like uh establishing you know their happy family backstory like almost like started to come after that right almost like you know kirkman himself thought like yeah this was kind of rushed i should establish the context a little more but in this one they played it really and i don't want to say slowly but they gave it a lot of time to breathe and i think it made the big reveal at the end that much more effective and I gotta say, they also are like upping the ante because, like, sh- there there was a big, you know, Man of Steel fight between Mark and Nolan in the comics, and there was a lot of incidental casualties. But he it was not as as evil as show Nolan, who was just like, "Look, I I kill people for fun, right? This is how meaningless they are to me." Right. He was crushing pieces of cement with people under them with his foot while looking his son dead in the eye. And yeah, you said, uh, you know, the comic books, the big reveal, the twist, the first major twist where Nolan as Omni-Man kills all of the Justice League or whatever you want to call them. I I can't recall what they're named. Uh, That's, you know, in book 12, right? And it's also... And for the show, it's in uh, the pilot. It's the end of the pilot. Right. So, uh, and it's 144 books total. And as I said previously, already over. And Kirkman said, I think in an interview, that he admitted to like, if you watch the first season of The Walking Dead, he changed a bunch of shit because he was just bored with stuff that already happened in the comic he was like no that story has been told people can go read that story i want it to be different because i'm just kind of bored with it and the second time around he was like i learned from that i didn't change as much and the stuff i did change was purposeful with a lot of thought it's augmenting not changing completely and the adaption uh, an important part of the adaption is that like there's some stuff in there and a lot of stuff in there from the original so, Chad, I, I believe you didn't read, right, the comic prior to this? That's correct, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely loved the show. Um, I think that its pacing was really good. I liked that it was an hour long because you know every time it, when when my, my body was telling me that that the episode was going to end, there was you know my twenty body. minutes more story. Tell me no. But but my question to James uh, is, as someone who's read the story, and please, I mean, you know how I feel about spoilers. Um, do you feel like the changes that they're, they've made from the comics are trying to tell a different story? Because, like, there's new characters. You said, like, Omni-Man, like, he's much more evil in, in the show. Do you think that they're trying to either alter the perspective of the story or, or kind of change the, the theme of the story? Uh, or is it just another way to tell the same thing? Well, so far, if, if you lined up the show with the comic, like we're basically at the end of arc one. Uh, a lot of the same characters have already been established, like Alan and the Mauler twins and uh, robots backstory happened a little bit faster than it happened in the comics. Actually, Hmm. Um, and I, I think at this point it could, st- it, it could definitely still follow the arc of the show and it seems to be going that way, but they've done nothing that would shut out changing the story a lot. And there are a few characters missing who could easily be introduced at a different time. The big changes is that like, mm, Mark's gay best friend who's voiced from the dude from Big Mouth, can anybody remind me? Andrew Rannells, who uh, was the first Elder Smith in Book of Mormon, using girls, right. and also in Big Mouth. Yeah, that character and Amber, maybe perhaps, perhaps his best friend character was like an extremely minor character in the comics, not nearly as big as he's in the show. Those two are the biggest additions, and they perhaps will change how things go because, hmm. like, I don't know, is this? A, can I? I guess that's a, well, it's a comic spoiler that might not be happening in the show. At this point in the timeline, Mark was already with Eve. Right. And that is a huge part of the story. And if he doesn't end up with Eve, the story will be completely different. Huh. Interesting. So, Chad, you brought up last time we talked about Invincible. The one gripe you had was that the animation style... Yeah. was not consistent. I read in an interview that two animation studios, two different animation studios, took care of all the animation for Invincible. For any time there's just dialogue happening, it was a animation studio in Vancouver that uh, was you know previously just doing apps. Like this is the first foray <laughs> for them into animation, and you can tell in like the dialogue scenes, it's just kind of taking mouths and making them different. And yeah, very an- anime inspired. Yeah, right. And then a literal anime studio in Japan does any time where it's like a fight sequence or any fast movement is happening on screen, they were just like, we'll let a cheaper version do the parts that aren't doing any heavy lifting, but we're going to hire the experts to do the fights. And I'll, I'm just going to bring this up now. The fights are insane. Yeah. Like these are people who are invulnerable facing each other. And like the amount of times that main characters are just in the hospital almost dying in the first eight episodes is just insane. Yeah, no, the, the animation's really good. The violence, it never feels too gratuitous, and they really make you feel it. You know what I mean? It, it's not just like, oh, that was a hard hit. It's like like it, it shatters you a little bit when you watch when it. When that giant cat guy 
hit Mark in the chest with his like big old mace. And by the way, like in a fight that I thought was going to be inconsequential. Yeah. Like it it felt like that fight right there was like, oh no, just move on to the next thing. Like we're you're obviously setting up a confrontation between him and his dad. Like that's what we're going to. Right. And then like he almost dies to giant cat man. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, Battle Beast is actually becomes an important character in the show. So if you like that cat monster, you're going to see some more of him. It's extremely violent, but I, I'd say they don't really linger on the violence too much, right? It's it's uh, gratuitous, but it's not shove it in your face too much, right? It happens very quickly that it's over, and that's why uh, you know Invincible is a very ironic name because Mark's always getting the shit torn out of him, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, but something that you know either they will or won't explain. It's like you know. Viltrum deep lore or whatever is that like more or less like you Viltrites don't succumb to their wounds right they don't bleed out if you don't kill them no matter what you do to them they have like a healing factor not like wolverines where it's instantaneous but like eventually they will recover fully right if you don't yeah and uh, they live for an incredible amount of time as nolan says to mark when he's just like all the people you love right now are going to be dead it's insignificant your entire life around you is just a small blip of what it will eventually be you have to look at the world on a scale that is like i understand is hard for you to do because you aren't there yet but these people around you don't mean anything as he you know crushes a skull Mark is is the the Viltrumite equivalent to like a three month old, which is which oh, is yeah. crazy to think about. And it is actually like kind of screwed up that Mark has been like raised with a human mentality because uh, everyone he cares about is going to live like less than one tenth the amount of time that he will. Right. And I, I think that they they kind of underscored that a little bit more in the show too. It's like. You're fighting for people who are basically all dead anyway in, in, in the timeline uh, of how long we live. You might as well think of them already on death's door, right? Right. I, some of my favorite parts of the show are the micro slash macro aggressions of Nolan slash Omni-Man. Like the moments where he just can't hold it back anymore and is truly mean or angry to the people around him and then fast forward that to as his wife played by sandra O, oh, is listening to him calling her his pet well you're like oh fuck dude yeah like, that, was rough. that is just and like as <laughs> as physically violent as this show is it's also like emotionally violent yeah. one of my favorite episodes was the one where they were on the college campus and Mark's best friend, played by Andrew Reynolds, his, like, almost boyfriend gets completely dismembered and turned into a robot. And the the emotional arc that those characters that we've barely been with on screen go through, and also Mark's girlfriend, or girlfriend-to-be, being like, yeah, I, I don't care that you're a superhero. You're just neglecting me on a constant basis. And even though you're saving lives, I, I'm just not down with that. And for that to be a character, I didn't know this, that it was completely made up for the show is even that much better. Um, point of clarification, uh, he was turned into a cyborg. He was not turned into a robot. In the show, they're oh, called Reanimate because they're actually like a cyborg dead body. <laughs> uh, would you a cyborg? Uh, would you a cyborg, Chad? Okay. 
but I do want to say I, re- I really like uh, Ezra Miller's <laughs> performance as D.A. Sinclair, uh, the mad scientist kid who, uh, I mean, if it follows, if it follows the comics, his, his story is like more or less wrapped. He just ends up like working for the agency. So I have a quick question. If if uh, Mark's girlfriend and Mark's friend are not characters in the show, how does that story play out in the comic? Because because they, they were the reason why he went to the college campus and met him and why the cyborgs happened. Yeah, I just don't. I, that story is not like framed in in uh, in a college visitation uh, backdrop. No. Also, I think the D.A. Sinclair arc is like a little bit longer in the comics as well. Hmm. Another part of this show that makes it very good is there is a feeling of inevitability a lot of the time from the moment that Mark gets his powers and his father looks across the table at him and forgets to say congratulations because his obvious first thought is, fuck, now I have to kill him too. Like he's just one more obstacle in my mission to destroy slowly but surely this world. And the stronger he gets, just the harder my job becomes. It feels like you're just standing on the edge of a volcano you know is going to explode, and one day it does. And then that fight at the end doesn't disappoint, in my opinion, when they're fighting Cthulhu, and then also themselves simultaneously. And then a mortal comes back? Yeah, I gotta ask about that guy. So his powers seem like they're the same as Omni-Man, but, like, not as good. Budget Omni-Man. He also can't die. He's, he's He lives forever. He's, like, the Captain Marvel to Superman, you know? How he's, like, got all the same powers, but isn't Superman. Well, did you also see his backstory, that he was, like, a caveman who touched, like, an alien construct, and then lived through all these important moments in history and was also Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. He was Abraham Lincoln? Yes. Oh my wait, God. wait, no way, really? Yes. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, uh, in the final fight, I mean, it, uh, he Nolan is so powerful, like, incomprehensibly powerful. But when he fought the League of whoever they are, I mean, like, I don't know. Do, do you, It seemed like, like his power, like he leveled up between that fight and the final fight with Mark. Did anybody else feel that way? Like he he had like a he was on a different tier of strength in the final fight. Well, I mean, he was also like fighting Wonder Woman and the Flash and all the other members of the Fake Justice League. So it was like eleven on one, I suppose. But you said in the comics that that didn't happen that way. Uh, uh, I think in the comics, like we may not even see the fight scene. We just like see that they're dead and, and Nolan killed them. Oh, also, I think it's tough because the power level of Mark. Uh, it, during the final fight is a bit nebulous. Yeah. You get the feeling that he is supposed to one day be close to as powerful as Omni-Man, but perhaps he won't be. Although uh, my thought was he wouldn't be because he had, you know, 50% human DNA and 50% Viltrumite. But then Dolan was just like, nah, our stuff is strong. You're basically 99%. It just kind of takes over your entire body. <laughs> you just, you yeah, just it does. <laughs> if you If you are like half... You know, it's not like being half Saiyan. If you're half virtual, like eventually, uh, the well, half uh, Saiyans Vultramite, are stronger. The Vultramite DNA eventually just like replaces all of the human DNA. Uh, just takes over. So, so yeah. one one thing that I I thought because they hinted at this a little bit uh, throughout the show, like when uh, when Mark was in trouble, he'd like switch into like super rage mode 
and he would be seemingly a lot more powerful. I kind of thought that was foreshadowing for, for this fight where like, he'll just get so pissed that he'll kind of go on his way into being really powerful, but that didn't happen. Is there something in the comics that no, there's, there's not really power scaling like that. You're either strong enough to fight with a, a a Viltrumite or you're not more or less. You can think about it that way. Okay. Like the people who are like battle beast and Alan, um, and and immortal but uh between like the vulture themselves it's more or less you know it's like heavyweight professional heavyweight boxers right like the difference in their strength probably not as important as like the difference in their technique or whatever right okay uh, it's it's not like a so so that that wasn't like, actually that... and now i have the upper hand because my power level went up by 100 and well i, I didn't think that they were like i didn't think that i it, I, I thought that that they were foreshadowing that like he because because i mean mark is clearly not as powerful as omni man i thought that they were foreshadowing that there was like another well he could tap into you know to get like the rest of his power and he just wasn't doing it like for a mental block or something but that's not that's not a plot point in the comic no, I, I think Viltrumites like get stronger as they get older, but then I also think there's there's also like a bit of like a a, a eugenics kind of uh, <laughs> uh, like breeding thing as well, where it's like you know if, if your parents were super strong, you'll be really strong too. Right. Well, they they kind of alluded to that too. Like they they said they killed off all the weak ones so that only the strong ones could yeah could go and on. N- no, Nolan is considered to be like one of the strongest. So I was going to ask that too. If if like he goes back to his home world and he's like the lame, weak guy, so no, he's he's one of the stronger ones. Yeah, there's also an inevitability to the amount of death. I feel like is going to happen. And James, obviously, don't like give it away because you know how much his death is going to happen, and you basically know. I assume the adaption seems close enough where if someone dies in the comic book, they're most likely going to die in the show. But it feels like with Omni-Man and now Mark as he grows into his power, with their ability to kill on a dime, <laughs> I was surprised uh, Mark's mother made it out of the season. I was surprised that all of the teen team made it out of the season. I was mm. like, it, it feels a lot of these characters, their deaths do feel inevitable and yeah the, and you feel scared for them anytime they're on screen or almost. or well, they just in- become interestingly irrelevant. members of the teen team who are at this point dead in the comic are still alive in the show and i think probably the reason for that is the same reason that they put off the whole uh mark nolan fight is that they probably want to give us more time to give a shit about these characters before they just kill them right so they play yeah. fast and loose with with the death of the main characters just like in The Walking Dead. Right, but less so in the show, I would say. Interesting. Like, even uh, um, the, like, agency second-in-command guy, who I don't even know, I don't even recall if he's a character in the comics, but, you know, he stuck around long enough and had enough, like, good zingers that when he died, I was like, oh no, it's that guy. (laughs) Yeah, I was just trying to figure out if he had a mustache or not, or if his upper lip was just very concave (laughs) all right right, so i I do want to ask uh question to chad are you considering reading the comic because of this 
See, I'm I'm really on the fence. It's kind of like uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, I watched the show before I read the books. I still haven't read the books. And I reached mm-hmm. a point where I was invested enough in the show where I wanted more. And I had to yeah. decide if I enjoyed the story that was being fed to me through the TV screen enough that I wanted to live that out without it yeah. being tainted by knowledge. And, and that's where I am right now. Because who knows when the okay. next season is going to drop. I, and I don't want to... I don't want to read the comic and have that spoil the experience I'm already having. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. I'm and then the, the, Ryan ver- the Ryan version of that question is, Ryan, have you gone through the spoilers yet? I have right. not yet. No. And it has been incredibly difficult. I want to very, very badly. Oh, you're one of them. Oh, dude, I'm bad. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> but also, you know... Evan Peters and Seth Rogen have been working on making this movie now for like nearly a decade. And it's, they're working with Robert Kirkman. Uh, the way that Seth Rogen became Alan the Alien is because, you know, he was yeah. just like near Robert Kirkman a whole lot uh, as they've been developing this movie for 10 years. So, yeah, we should say we haven't said that yet. They're actually they're adapting a live action movie for uh, for Invincible as well. Right. And it seems like it's going to happen now because... Uh, you know, Amazon Prime has 200 million people, and whenever you, and not that many people open open up Amazon Video, but Invincible was on the top of Amazon Video, the banner, for a long period of time. Uh, so I don't know the official numbers here, but I would assume a large amount of people watched the first episode, and I don't know many other shows with the first episode with a cliffhanger at the end of it that would get more people to the second episode than Invincible, right? Like, you don't, you don't have a lot of shows with a zinger, M. Night Shyamalama, Ding Dong level cliffhanger slash twist at the end of the first episode like Invincible did. Yeah, that was, especially in the first episode, uh, it was especially gruesome because if I recall, the first episode didn't have a whole lot of violence beyond like regular, like I'm watching a DC animated movie violence, but then it right, ended they, so, so brutally. As violently as I could have gotten. Yeah, they had the fight against the Muller twins at the beginning, uh, and Omni-Man Duex Machina saves the day. And then prior to the end, all that really happened was like the Omni-Man slash Nolan microaggression against his wife, where he was just like mean for a quick second, and you're like, oh, he bad. He a bad guy. I wonder how bad he's going to be. And then he turned out to be very bad. (laughs) (laughs) From a certain point of view. Not his own, obviously. It's very, you know, he is a good bad guy. He is on one side, like, on the I'm only doing my job kind of thing. Two, hey, like, I was supposed to go even faster than this, but your mom, who was, by the way, like a dog to me, she kind of changed my mind. I really love that dog, and so I haven't been going as fast as i should be yeah also nolan you shouldn't be fucking your pets if that's how you think about yeah, it that's fucked up <laughs> that's, that's, a, fucked up, that, that's funny um so, so james um mm-hmm. are the viltrumites plan is it kind of like the um invader zim alien race strategy like they send one person down to like weaken the planet and then there's supposed to be an armada that follows yeah, well, more or less, like, they send one person over to, like, break the will of the planet so that, like, when the Viltrumites get there, it's an extremely smooth transition. So, uh, yeah. so they're supposed... But, but, he, he wasn't supposed to, like, settle down and, like, become famous. He was supposed to... <coughs> Ew. 
he was supposed Gross. to spend some time like figuring out what humanity was capable of and then deciding like the course of action to like disarm them more or less yeah but also but, the point is like they've seen omni-man they know he's the most powerful guy on the planet by far and if a bunch right, of right. other ones also show up they're gonna be like oh okay Oh, this is this is over. Based on how this went down in the show, gotta say, Nolan, pretty stupid. I mean, call me manipulative or something, but I feel like if I were in Nolan's position, I could have spun this in a way where I could have got Mark on my side. James. Like, even if I'm not telling the entire truth, I'd be like, listen, Mark, you know, I look at all the war and conflict on this planet. You're manipulative. Our alliance of, of peaceful supermen are going to come and unite the world under a one-world government. And what we, you and I need to do is just make sure that, like, no bad actors are going to stand in opposition to that. So let's, like, go on The Tonight Show and we'll explain <laughs> the situation to everyone and let them know that, like, Earth's under new management, but things are going to get better. We have all this tech that's going to help them. He did James. not need to go the insane route. Yeah, reach into your uh, back pocket. Oh, it's, it is a, uh, it's a gold medal, and it is for the number one gaslighter on Earth. You de- you've, you've won. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you know, if, if the Guardians are already dead at this point, you just kind of just massage the truth on that, too. It's like, you know, I went to them first, and they said no, and they tried to kill me, and so I had to defend myself. They also threatened you and your mom, by the way, and so I, I had to kill them. So, and- so the last couple of days, <laughs> I've been... I've been thinking about this. So, you know how, how Nolan was trying to convince Mark uh, to, 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 you know, be a Viltrumite by pummeling him into the Earth? Sure. What if he was successful after like the third punch, but he just keeps on going? You know, he like like Mark changes his mind. He's like, you know what, Dad, you're right. I changed my mind. You've beaten you've beaten sense into me. Uh, but he's just still being pummeled by the strongest man in the universe. This is also like Viltrumite culture. This is how you settle like disputes. Uh, even amongst your loved ones. That's insane. Like if, if you and your dad had a fight about something trivial, like how to redecorate the kitchen, it would probably like end this way as well. Like <laughs> It comes up later in like a, a Viltrumite uh, courting ritual, which is the very fucked up part of the comic. And Oh yeah, it sounds like it. So, okay. Well, I, I feel like we, we said a lot about this. I just want to point something else out to Ryan. So, Ryan, you know, his, his, his best friend who's voiced by Andrew Rannells, right? Yeah. You know who played his love interest at the university? Ah. Uh, jo- Jonathan Groff. Uh, yeah, the king himself, dude. I did not know <laughs> that. The cast of this show, and I know we've yeah. already said this, but it is on goddamn real. I mean, mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons should win an Emmy for his portrayal of Nolan. He's so great. Steve Nguyen is so great. Uh, you know, uh, oddly enough, I don't think a whole lot of Jillian What's Her Nuts from Community. Jillian Jacobs. Yeah, while she's doing Adam and Eve, but honestly, she just kind of melts into the role in a way where I don't think a whole lot about her. Uh, no, Seth, right, she's, honest- a bit, she's a bit boring in the show, actually. And I'm yeah. not really interested in like her family drama either. Uh, no. It's like, okay, so you're a rich girl with, with incredible Dr. Manhattan superpowers. Yeah, that's, like, sorry, uh, your parents aren't uh, cool. Do they... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm asking a question, but I don't really want an answer. I, I, do they develop her anymore? Because it seems like she has, just by the nature of her power, like the best power, you know? That's addressed in the comic, yeah. That is addressed. Because like, she, she's like the Scarlet Witch and Dr. Manhattan, if they fuse into yeah. one character. Right. She's also like, you know, the name Invincible applies to a lot of things, right? Adam Eve is also like invincible, right? In that sense. Right. Yeah. 
I'm also very interested in like how everyone else got their powers. If you're not from Viltrum or whatever the hell, and you're not an alien, it's it's not important, man. It's shorthand, either science experiment or bizarre happenstance or otherwise. Right, yeah. right. It's 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 right. like the Fantastic <laughs> Four. It was you know cosmic rays. You know it doesn't matter. Right. The the point is they're a superhero family. Um. Like, how did Rex Blode get his powers? Are you interested in that, Ryan? Do you want an episode on that? No, but I will say, Jason Manzukis doing his Jason Manzukis voice is both good and bad. I, I am, especially because his character is very unlikable for a lot of the time, it is, it is sometimes grating. I'll say that. And then it's very obvious when Seth Rogen shows up. Honestly, it takes me out of the show. I'm like, oh, that's Seth Rogen. He's I not even right. trying. That's Seth not, Rogen. not doing anything with that. Uh, and it is also weird to hear Jason Manzukis play like human robot at the end of the show, which that is that's a plot point taken straight from the comics. But I'm hoping that like when little boy robot goes back inside the robot suit, that that voice is still Zachary Quinto. Yeah, I yeah. I, I have two questions. Question number one: uh, First of all, so Superman obviously Omni Man is is supposed to be a parallel of Superman. In the Superman comics, uh, Krypton, uh, people are not all powerful in Krypton because Superman gets his powers from the Yellow Sun, which the, immediately you have to wonder why they don't move to a planet with a Yellow Sun so that they can all be superheroes. But do you think that, like, they... What am I trying to say here? I don't know. You had two questions. You can't get through the first one. <laughs> okay, well, let's just pretend the first question was just a note. Perfect. <laughs> um and then the second question is lost. Wow. This is quality podcasting, guys. Zero for two, baby. <laughs> Give me a second, it'll come back to me. All these questions lost in time like tears in the rain. Actually, no, I I I will say this while Chad ponders. It's insane that Invincible and Walking Dead were being written at the same time. He was writing 20-page right. scripts monthly for both of them they are now going to be both wildly successful adaptions the walking dead you know pulling an entire network up by its bootstraps and invincible being amazon's foray into their own version of animation and it's just one dude who's is in both writers rooms and i gotta say i i never liked the walking dead comic i watched the first two seasons of the show and kind of liked it but I, I, I dropped it after the second season because i found that one to be very boring i got my question uh, you are the minority chat i like the walking dead oh yeah oh yeah the first anyone here <laughs> yes oh i did oh, huge like the first season of the walking dead the pilot of the walking dead is one of my favorite episodes of any tv show ever wow. the first three to four seasons especially the ones where frank darabont was the showrunner were in my mind perfect television and then it fell off the face of the earth but like you know you're i think in the the minority there james because a large portion of the earth were tuning in to walking dead on sundays well maybe if they made a, a cartoon show like this I'd they were in like an abusive relationship with the show because they kept expecting it to be as good as the first two seasons but nothing ever happens on that show after season two yes and then after the production, on the production side, like, they fired Frank Darabont, who, like, actually cared about the project, and they 
they kept asking for longer seasons with a smaller budget. And they're like, stop filming scenes outside. It's too expensive. Have more scenes inside. <laughs> like the, the people watched the show for the little dopamine bursts they got when something surprising happened, and then that was it. But I remember my question, so let me ask it before I forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the final episode, uh, Alan meets... Uh, Mark again, and he's like, oh, I had no idea that there was a Viltrumite here. Oh, that's fucked up. You're a Viltrumite. Yada, 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 yada. And then he talks about, like, this Federation of Planets, which is not what he calls it, but that's what I'm going to call it. And That might actually be what it's called. That might be what it's called. And and uh, he, he talks about, like, he, he says, like, uh, first off, we don't deal with the Viltrumites when they claim a planet. It's their planet. But I kind of got the sense that, like, they were a comparable force to the Viltrumites, like there's there's conflict, and obviously they're strong enough to resist the Viltrumites. Otherwise, the Viltrumites would just take them over. Is that is that something? That's also addressed, <laughs> yeah, later on. Okay, I do love the small <laughs> other stories. The Martian story we just come back to every once in a while. The Titan story becoming the kingpin with the help of Mark. John John Ham. Uh, reconciling yeah. with his stepson <laughs> right, right just all these tiny little stories that I am very interested in you know the beast dude who that guy will end up being all of those stories I, I look forward to and this is important hello audience I'm now speaking to you did you like Invincible? Are you watching Invincible? When season 2 comes out do you want us to do a podcast about it? Tell us with your words and your feelings if you want that. If you don't say anything, we're not going to make it. We might anyway. We really like the show. But we'd really <laughs> rather you say words about it. Yeah, I and, agree. And I'm Ryan. And I'm this. James. <laughs> we already did that joke. Oh, oh and, and I'm, I'm Chad. Oh, yeah? Are you Chad? Are you Chad, Chad? Are you? Are you a robot? No. That was bookending. There's a callback. Was that, that was what that was called. I would be a cyborg. When you? <laughs>